Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Thrive from Paychecks. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Today, we have Kristen Carlisle. Kristen is the VP and General Manager of Betterment at Work. Uh, Kristen, you're based in New York, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Based in New York. Very good. All right. And I am right down the road from you in Philadelphia. So um, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Gene. So let's talk. And before we before we dive into our conversation about retirement plans and 401ks and the survey you guys did, let's talk a little bit about yourself and Betterment at Work. Tell us about the company and, and what you do there. Yeah, happy to. So I am the general manager of Betterment at Work, which is the employer benefit side of Betterment, which people may be familiar with on the consumer side. It started over a decade ago with the premise of helping people make smart decisions with their money uh, on a consumer basis. And we took that great premise and brought it to employer benefits, starting with a world-class 401k, really allowing individuals to bring benefits to their employees through our products and services that allow for goal-based investing and targeting towards how you want to live your life, because we know that that planning can be really daunting. And so a lot of the great premises that we started with on the consumer side, again, kind of bringing it to the hands of employers so they can distribute to their employees. So I oversee this business and I am working to grow within the space and excited to be here to talk about it today. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's funny. Um, I was talking about that with someone recently, a, a client of mine. It's I, I, we're not having a conversation today about health insurance, but our conversation, the conversation I was having with this person, was about health insurance, and she was saying to me how, um, you know, there, there's not enough people out there advising business owners on benefits. Health insurance is just it's like you need a PhD in physics to figure out that whole thing. And honestly, you know, you know, retirement plans and figuring out the right retirement plan for your employees is uh, it, it, it's a whole other field that I think most business owners just really um, we don't know enough about. We're trying to run our business and it's a it's an entirely different specialty, right? Well, it's especially daunting when you're running a business, right? And a lot yeah. of times we work with business owners who are their their HR department, they're the CFO, they're the CEO, they're working many different hats and they have to focus on growing their business. And the idea of having to help people with their financial futures through retirement benefits is a really overwhelming task for a lot of individuals. And so, you know, we take a lot of what can be really complicated premises and try to bring it down to what do you really need to know? What decisions do you have to make? And how can we make that as easy as possible for you? And that goes from you as an employer to you as an employee. It's very daunting to think about how to save for retirement, particularly if you're decades away from it. So how do we make it really easy and digestible? And I think that's a trend we're seeing across the board. And that's yeah. the way that the industry is moving. Yeah, I mean, there, there's very little debate that our social security system is in serious trouble and is probably not going to be able to fund future generations. Um, and, you know, the, the retirement conversation has come up recently because of the passage of Secure 2.0, which I'm going to get your thoughts on soon. But um, so it's, it's definitely high of mind. And, and I just I want to be clear and I'm hoping you can you can elaborate a little bit. You know, it's having a 401k or some type of retirement plan available for your your employees. This is it's it's not just a benefit for your employees, but if you're a business owner, it is it is a significant benefit for you as well. And I'm wondering if you can give your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, it's a benefit for you as a business owner, not just for your own retirement, right? But right. also because there are incentives. And we're going to talk about Secure Act 2.0, but as a business operator, there's an incentive to having retirement plan for your employees in terms of your business taxes and your corporate taxes. And, you know, again, to the point about being able to understand that and navigate that, it can be challenging as a business owner. So really getting the right advice about that is important, but also being able to think about attracting a, ta- a talent, right? retaining that talent. I know that we've kind of in the past year have seen a lot going on with the great resignation and that's cool, but now there's the retention and attraction of talent that's still ever present and paramount for business owners to be thinking about. When you lose an employee at a smaller size, it hits you in a very different way than if you lose an employee as an enterprise company. And so it's important to continue to think about how you bring in, cultivate, and grow your organization. And that that really starts with the types of benefits that you offer. You know, I have more than a handful of clients. I, I'm, I'm a CPA, so you know, I have a firm outside of Philadelphia. And um, I have more than a handful of clients, Kristen, that um, family-owned businesses that um, their employees you know, got to a retirement age and didn't have enough money put away for retirement. And in every one of those cases, and these are like long-time loyal employees and in every case is, you know, the, the, the owner of the business, because we look after our people, help them out. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, we'll do some kind of a consulting arrangement with you, or we'll give you a little extra whatever to see you off. Well, you know, I, I've seen employees come back after five years to their employer saying, I, I need some extra income. I'm just, you know, I'm not able to cut it. Um, it, it it's, it's a problem. And, and it's a problem for, for employers as well. You know, I mean, it's just, this is a cost that you don't want to be worrying. You want to do the right thing, but you don't want to, you know, have to worry about that kind of a thing. And it, it, it's a continuing cost that people don't put enough money away. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's at every size that that's happening yeah. at every size of business that 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 we're seeing that across the board. And it, it's becoming a bigger problem. The point you made about Social Security, exactly right. But also people are dealing with many different financial considerations today that maybe even two decades ago were not considerations. I, I think a lot about things like student loans. We're seeing younger generations deal with that at a disproportionate amount that even you know older generations. And that changes and is, is going to continue to affect how they save for retirement. That change is going to continue to affect the day-to-day decisions they make financially that impact their ability to actually take care of themselves when they reach retirement age. So, you know, I think it's it's something that is on the minds of everyone. And then you think about the employees that are actually in their day jobs, sitting in seat today, stressing about finances and spending time worrying about that instead of being present in their jobs and being present at the work that they're doing. It's, it's a real um, shift that we're noticing happen right now. Yeah, um, you know, and it's not just retirement. I mean, it's healthcare, it's childcare benefits, you know, it's flexibility. I mean, you know, you want your people to be as productive as possible, but people have a lot of stresses, and uh, you know, you have you have moms and dads or partners working, you know, trying to support families, and you know, they have a lot of stresses. They're pulled in different directions, and employers are being asked to to help as much as possible because it keeps them at their jobs. Um, we're going to dig into the survey that you guys did, but before I do, I do want to get your thoughts because you know you and I are speaking right now. It's early January. There's been a uh, you know just recently the uh, you know the Secure 2.0 had passed. We're not going to go into details of it. I'm, I'm actually doing. I've been talking about it on this podcast, writing about it, but I'm just kind of curious what you know as a person who's in the field. What about Secure 2.0 kind of excites you the most? Is there any part of it that you're like, wow, that's that's really a good thing? 
Yeah, Gene, I'm I'm a little sad you're not asking me to go into the great details of it because <laughs> I really do enjoy it, but I, I'll keep it high level. Um, we have an audience to keep awake here, Kristen. Okay, so <laughs> just want to want to make sure you're aware of that. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, I, I'm mostly excited thematically about what the Secure Act 2.0 represents. Right, it represents trying to make a material shift for really. Small business owners, a lot of times we see that small business owners are not interested or not able to take advantage of retirement benefits because they don't have the time to administer them, they, the cost, right? And so when we think about what the SECURE Act is really trying to do, it's trying to marry retirement readiness with lowering the barrier of entry for small businesses. And in particular, there are new tax credits that are, are imagined with employee employers who have 50 or fewer employees to uh, actually set up and start a 401k plan. There is uh, you know, also some excitement around putting together benefits. I personally think that the marriage of student loan management along with yes. 401k match is an incredible boon for both employers and employees. And this, just for those that aren't familiar, imagines that if you are uh, at a company that has a 401k match and you are paying down student loans so you cannot actually contribute to the 401k, your employer can match into your student loans. And Pre-tax and the employer gets a deduction as well. All the same exactly, benefits as the 401k. Exactly. Yeah. So this not only benefits the employee, it benefits the employer. And sure. I think this is the huge step that needs to be made in order to, to start to think about these types of benefits, just not exclusive to enterprise organizations either. And so what we're going to see coming out of this is a lot of the great strides that have been made to make 401ks accessible, I think this is going to push forward making other benefits that sit alongside the 401k even more accessible. Um, so I'm really excited about a lot of just the, the concepts around helping people save, the automatic enrollment for new plans. I know that that has been something that's a little controversial because people don't like feeling like you're forcing people into retirement, but actually- They can opt see, out. They can opt out. They can opt out, right? And right. we see that that behavior actually sets people up for success. Yes. And so, you know, I, I think that this is a really exciting uh, change and shift in our industry that has been long overdue, frankly. Yeah, I agree. It's funny with the automatic enrollment. I'm, I'm thinking of one client as well. They've got about 200 employees. They've got quite a few um, people in the in their um, production facility that are, um, you know, they're they're hourly workers. They're you know you foreign workers. They don't really trust the government. They you know they don't participate in retirement plans. And as they hire new workers, they're they're going to have to automatically enroll them. And I'm curious to see. How that I'm, I'm betting that those workers themselves, once they see, once they get over that fear, that that hurdle, they'll realize that this is really a good thing for them. Um, oh. And I think that's the role of government is to is to encourage people to do that stuff. You know, I mean, listen, we're facing a crisis. People are not saving for retirement. You're yeah. talking about people coming back and saying, "I need to take on second work because I haven't." prepared enough. Yeah. And I, and so to me, that speaks to needing that extra push. And also, I think it's great to take the choice out of the hands of the employer. I can't tell you how many employers I've talked to that are, I don't want to make this decision. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't have to make the decision now. It is just going to be how it is. And people have the choice to opt out of it. Yeah. You know, one of the other things in the secure 2.0 kind of dovetails into the survey that you guys recently released and it has to be with emergency funds, you know? So, um, I think if I'm getting this correctly, you can put away up to like, or reserve like I think 2,500 a year for emergency use where you can withdraw a thousand of it a year. It's still eligible for matching and all of that. Um, 
And I, I actually don't have the full, I don't even know if we do have a full definition of what's considered to be an emergency, but I'm assuming it's family and medical leave or, you know, you know there's probably going to be a list that will flush that out. In your survey that that came out um, just, just recently, a few weeks ago, um, I'm, I'm reading off this saying that, you know, um, you, you over a quarter of the employees that you surveyed have said they had to dip into their retirement funds to pay for short-term expenses, you know, and, and right now under the current rules, they get penalized for doing mm-hmm. that under secure yeah. 2.0, they would not be. Exactly. You're exactly right. Uh, about 28% of the people we surveyed said they tapped into their retirement savings, which is really meant for your retirement. It's not yes. meant as a safety net in the event you need extra funds. And what we also found in this survey is that, you know, 59% of the employees have an emergency fund, but that's decreased 7% from the prior year when we had also conducted the same survey. So we're actually seeing fewer individuals year over year with the safety net. So, you know, that's, that's a big shift. I think that's coming along with the macro environment. People are feeling a little bit more like they're living paycheck to paycheck. The other thing that we found out in the survey is that when you start to look at uh, sort of gender dynamics, there's a big gap that's happening as well with 65% of men having an emergency fund compared to only 55% of women. So we've seen a drop in both genders year over year when doing this survey, um, but we still continue to see that that gap between sort of men who have been preparing for emergency savings versus, versus women. And this is something that, again, with the Secure Act 2.0, to your point, I'm very excited about the fact that not only are they encouraging emergency savings alongside retirement uh, so that you don't have to use your retirement funds for for unexpected costs, but it's a penalty-free withdrawal. So if you do need to take that those funds out, you're not getting penalized with taxes. I'm assuming that, um, Kristen, like firms like yours, I mean, th- there, there's going to be a lot more administration. With all the good stuff, there is going to be administrative costs to do this. Um, handling the emergency fund withdrawals, handling you know, automatic enrollments and people opting out, you know, that, those kinds of things. I think there's also, uh, I think there's a provision in there that employers can also contribute to uh, Roth, you know, Roth accounts, after-tax mm-hmm. accounts, as well as pre-tax accounts. Um, you're handling, uh, you know, you, uh, an employee comes and shows evidence that they paid down their student loan during this year. So the employer needs to make a, you know, there's a process for then matching that and all that. Okay. So there is going to be more work on the employer's behalf, but speak to me about like what you guys do. I'm assuming like firms like yours are like, we got you covered and we are, we, we can, we can handle these administrative tasks. Yeah, I think one of the things I enjoy the most about legislation is sometimes it really forces you to develop the right products and tools to meet the needs. And yeah. one of the things that we we pride ourselves on here at Betterment across the board and in, in everything that we do is making it easy for individuals. But to do that, we also make it easy to distribute and administer for employers. So you know, one of the things that you notice is every time they kind of add a little bit on, they sort of take away. So self-certifying hardships is an example. Previously, employers used to have to do the approvals. They used to have to go through paperwork. These can be done online now. And that change has happened in the last three years. We've seen it go from paper to online, now to self-certified, which means it's easier and easier and easier for employers. So even if now we're starting to see a little bit more in terms of paperwork, I imagine in the next two years, we're going to start to see the government catch up to, hey, this can all be online. Hey, this can actually be self-certified. And it'll, it will continue to evolve. 
our firm does as much as we can in terms of creating everything available to you in your in your in-app experience so that the processes or the paperwork that you might have to review can all be done within the app and you don't have to do it offline. We, of course, make it available offline for those that, that want to do that because there are always going to be those cases. Um, but really, we try to do as much guided experience for administration as possible. And that includes education because I just said hardship, but maybe as an employer, you have no idea what a hardship is or how to review it. So again, it's a lot of education alongside the tools to actually administer and and work with your employees on the needs that they have as an employer. Um, your server also found that your you know small businesses by a significant percentage offer less 401k or any 401k options than larger employers. So you know, and, and considering that, you know, Secure 2.0 will reimburse small businesses, I think like as much as like 15,000 over three years or some, some in that range of numbers, there's no reason not to set it up. There's no, you know, significant cost for doing that and the overall administrative costs uh, for doing that going forward. Um, but then there's the issue of matching. And, you know, again, once you've got that 401k set up, um, matching has become such a powerful way to in- entice workers to participate in the 401k. And I'm wondering if you can give your thoughts on um, what employers should know. Because so again, part of your survey said that so many of them, so fewer of them match small businesses compared to larger companies. Um, you know, how important is matching your employer, your employee contributions? And talk to me about that. I mean, it's incredibly important, right? So when we survey, we also survey a lot in the space around the types of benefits people want, right? What are people thinking about? What do they actually want to see? And the number one thing we hear is a 401k. And the second thing we hear is a 401k match. It's the second thing on people's minds. And frankly, it's because, again, they, they need to hear that support from their employer, both in terms of preparing them, but also investing in them. And a lot of times people consider it part of their compensation package. And so from an employer standpoint, it's actually a really incredible tool, not only to think about cultivating, preparing, and growing your talent, it's a really great tool to think about how you talk about your overall compensation. A lot of times we get stuck in thinking about just the base salary, the cash that someone is taking home. But the reality is it is an incredible uh, component to how you're actually contributing to your employee's life. And it should be talked about in cohesion with whatever other sort of salary benefits you're providing. Um, In addition to that, you know, like a match is something that we say to employees, like take advantage of. And we see a lot of times they need a lot of nudging and reminding, but when someone is, is taking advantage of a match, they're exponentially on a path to be retirement ready compared to those that do not have access to a match. And it's becoming more and more of a demand we're seeing at at any employer size. So to the point you made, absolutely. We're seeing that, you know, smaller businesses tend to not offer matches. You know, workers are significantly less likely to have access to a match if they're working at a small business versus a mid-sized business or a large employer. Um, But it's, it's, again, it's something that helps employers to set themselves apart. And again, with things like tax credits that are coming their way and the administration becoming easier and easier with all of these tech solutions, it, it really becomes a no-brainer for, for these small employers to add. Do you, um, one of the things that, I just have a couple more questions for you. This is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, one of the things that flew under the radar with the original Secure Act back in 2019 was was pooled employer plans, you know, the these PEPs, you know, and mm-hmm. um I wrote about it 
you know, I don't know, a few months ago on the Philly Inquirer, I've interviewed a bunch of uh, people that have it, including, you know, customers of Paychex. Everyone that I've interviewed said it was a no-brainer to convert, you know, to to move to, you know, a a pooled employer plan. Not that it happened overnight. It it took a bit of a process to do. It's not like it's, you know, like snap your fingers. But it was a, um, um, I I, I wonder if, if you feel comfortable talking about what a pooled employer plan is. And I'm just wondering if you do you are you recommending that to your to your customers? It just seems like something. It just makes sense to have a pooled employer plan that doesn't have that big an impact on your 401k. Yeah, you know what's interesting. So that that did fly a little bit under the radar. Although I think those that have been in the space really didn't pay attention to it. So a pooled employer plan is is an opportunity to participate as an organization in a plan that is administered across multiple organizations. And previously, it was called a multiple employer plan. Right. Uh, but you had to have some association with the other organizations in order to participate. What has changed is that the new legislation proposes you do not have to have any type of association. You can be a part of a an employer plan with other companies if you're not related to each other at all. So again, all in the vein of lowering the barrier of entry for small businesses to think about how to easily administer retirement benefits. My perspective on it is that it is a great option for, for certain companies. Other companies that we talk to want to have a little bit more autonomy. The difference with a pooled employer plan versus a non-pooled employer plan, if you're just going to go off on your own and set up a a 401k, is that you have a little bit more choice in the settings that you have within your plan versus a pooled employer plan. For example, your pooled employer plan may not allow for loans, and you as a company may want to make sure that you are allowing your employees to take loans out of their 401k. Or your pooled employer plan might not allow for hardship distributions, and you may want to allow for that. There are a multitude of different variations that might exist. A lot of what we say here is that, you know, we take down the costs, we take down the administration. I think, you know, we are, along with many other providers, forcing the hand of a lot of record keepers to think about how to be easy, how to be seamless and streamlined. And that answers a lot of what a pooled employer plan might answer for individual business owners who are trying to decide on retirement planning. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And and the people that I talk to, like I said, they're not exact. Um, it takes a little bit of education of your employees. It takes a little bit of time to move. You're right. Some choices that you might exist that might have right now, you might not have, and they might be important. But in the end, I mean, you you're pooling your administrative costs, your costs of outside auditors on your plan. You know, the cost of you know people overseeing it. Uh, you're also uh, you know very much limit you know limiting your liability now in a pooled employer plan. So mm-hmm. for a lot of my clients, it was it just it just made a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, final question for you. So you know in the survey, uh, the survey found again I'm reading this out here that 63 percent of the workers that were surveyed did not feel that their employer was committed to supporting their financial wellness. We've yeah. been talking about retirement, you know, plans as part of financial wellness. What what else do you, you know, what else do you consider to be financial wellness and what other suggestions do you have for your clients that are, you know, that that want to help their employees? Why is it so important as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let's take it a step back and talk a little bit about what financial wellness means. Sure. In the survey we also we asked, you know, sort of what does financial wellness mean to you? And 64% of them described it as being able to pay all of their bills on time and afford what they need. 
And then 40% said just being able to pay off all my debt. So financial wellness kind of means something different to everybody. Um, But what we're seeing um, in terms of why it's so important right now is, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise happening in the macroeconomic environment right now and a lot of market volatility. You know, inflation is is really hit a lot of individuals hard. And in our survey, we saw that 26% of employees had to take a second job or part-time job because of financial instability over the last year. So what, what that indicates to me alongside what we already talked about with emergency savings is that people are just struggling with how to prepare themselves, how to prepare themselves for the short term, how to prepare themselves for the midterm, and then how to prepare themselves for the long term. And again, I think that speaks to just the siloed nature of how finances have been handled. We have sort of retirement over here, and then maybe you think about emergency savings, and then you have your day-to-day expenses. How do you think about these things alongside each other is a real challenge. And Again, with things like what the SECURE Act is proposing is, hey, student loan is a barrier to retirement. We see that now. We know that now. They need to be considered together. You can't think about them separately. And individuals have a really hard time conceptualizing them separately. So how do we bring them together? I think that trend is only going to continue as it relates to other financial benefits in the future. So for employers, like how you can think about this, first, I always say, ask your employees, talk to them and don't ask them what they need because they will only ever think about what they've already been told. Oh, retirement plan, a match. Ask them what they're dealing with. What's on their mind? What what are some of the things they're thinking about? Because that will help you also plan what benefits make sense. We talked to a lot of employers who are saying, hey, a huge amount of my workforce is actually having children right now. Should we be thinking about 529 benefits? Um, a huge amount of my workforce is coming out of college. Should we be thinking about student loans? A huge amount of my workforce is helping their children pay for college, helping their families pay for education. How do we think about this? And so, you know, again, I think the biggest thing you can do as an employer, start to get a pulse on what is going on with your employees, what they're dealing with, what they're thinking about, and how you might be able to find providers or craft benefits that don't have to be siloed, but can sit together cohesively and address a myriad of financial considerations that all impact retirement savings. Kristen Carlisle is a VP and general manager of Betterment at Work. Betterment at Work, uh, Kristen, tell me if I'm you know, describing your company as well, but you guys consult with employers on providing financial wellness for their employees, what benefits they should be doing. Is that is that a fair statement? That's, that's exactly right. Good. Kristen's based in New York with clients uh, all around the country. And where can we find you, Kristen? You can find us at betterment.com slash work. And thank you so much, Gene, for your time today. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychecks can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.